0: at 617-708-3241 or you can email radio at bnntv.org
1: Good evening and welcome to Talk of the Neighborhoods. I'm Joe Heisler, your host, coming to you from the BNN Live studios in Eggleston Square. Tonight, also being simulcast on our sister station, uh, WBCA Radio, that's 102.9 FM. And tonight, a very special program. Uh, Joining me first up tonight... uh, for more than 20 years, uh, he's been a Boston City Councilor from, uh, at large, and he's from South Boston. Just last month, he announced that he's hanging out the, uh, the skates, so to speak, and we'll find out uh, what's behind uh, City Councilor Michael Flaherty's decision not to run for re-election. Then on the second half, well, we'll continue our election 2023 uh, campaign coverage joining us. Another of the candidates running for the District 3 City Council seat, uh, she's Ann Walsh. He's an uh, education leader and an activist from uh, Dorchester. All that and more tonight on Talk of the Neighborhoods. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. <music> ¶¶ All right, we're back with talk to the Neighborhoods. I'm Joe Heisler, your host. Tonight, a two-part show, all politics as, as our usual want, and who better to join us on the first half than, well, he's, uh, I, I don't know if they call him the dean of the Boston City Council, but after having served 20-plus years on the council, uh, um, City Councilor-at-Large Michael Flaherty announced last month that he will not be running for re-election and will be, Finishing out his term, and nice enough to come by tonight and join us and, and talk about his decision. Michael, nice to see you. As Great to always, see you, Drew. thank you and for having me. And hopefully, for, you'll
2: have me back out uh, after uh, politics. I, I hope so. Mm-hmm. I hope so.
1: Uh, well, what a I, uh, I, I think it was a shocker for a lot of people. I was surprised you actually had filed your papers yep. to run and then uh, announced that you decided, after all, not to run. What was, so why? Well, why? The, the good
2: news is my wife and kids get to get more of me, I guess, which is good. So, um, But uh, probably a whole combination of things. Obviously, I've had a great run, yeah. uh, having served for, for, for over 20 years, and um, met some amazing people, uh, been in tremendous situations, uh, played a significant role in sort of the growth and. Uh, forward progress of our city uh, had served with three right. mayors, obviously yeah. Mayor Menino, yeah. Mayor Walsh, now uh, Mayor Wu. Um, so no regrets on that front. Uh, have helped a lot of people and had some fun doing it, yeah. but um, it just, I felt that it was time. Obviously, uh, this term here has been uh, somewhat, um, from I, on a personal level, it's been uh, yeah. disappointing uh, and very bothersome yeah. to to be watching what's unfolding. And interesting that, uh, you know, I ran and got elected in 99, sworn in in 2000. I ran to change the culture of the Boston City Council. <laughs> I was going to say. Seems like uh, a boomerang. Yeah, yeah you
1: uh, yeah. won your seat. Uh, yep. uh, Dapper O'Neill. Yep. Uh, and we uh, were ushering uh, in front page of the paper, icon, ushering in a new brand uh, of
2: uh, politics. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, absolute. and we, we made great efforts to professionalize the council, to professionalize central staff, me and others. It was a, yeah, a, sure. a, a great team of folks. I came in that same year with uh, with Mike Ross at Uh, And then shortly thereafter, I mean, we saw with Brian Hone and um, Steve Murphy, and then it went to Maureen Feeney, but then uh, it was a cadre of sort of younger elected officials Mm -hmm. getting elected, John Tobin, um, Jerry McDermott, um, uh, Robbie Consalvo, I mean, just in this, and it was sort of that mindset of uh, sort of young, educated uh, folks that care about our city, but also we wanted to professionalize and diversify um, the council, the staff, et cetera. uh, yeah, just the vitriol what, what, I think this what, year. What
1: what pushed you over the edge so? There's to a speak. lot of things
2: obviously. It was d- disappointing the, the 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 lack of decorum. Um, right. yeah, it's debate. been a tough year for the council. Yeah, uh, sort of the the vitriol, the debate, yep. uh the finger pointing, foul language, uh mm. not starting meetings on time. Yep. It's uh and then when you go to the redistricting uh to have 9 members of the council vote for a plan that they knew um, didn't look right, uh didn't feel right, and it wasn't right And uh, and we were sent back to the drawing board. We ended right. up in federal court, right. and a federal court judge had to send the Boston City Council back to the drawing board to draw a map that was not racially biased and racially drawn, uh, racially motivated, uh, and to, to look at the principles of redistricting, which is the compactness and uh, respecting uh, traditional lines and mm-hmm. also um, contiguous you liners.
1: actually you were a party to the suit as well yep. is that correct yep. I, I, was that... Na- I
2: was a named defendant in lieu of a subpoena right. had to testify uh for the uh-huh. plaintiffs and the yep. plaintiffs were ordinary citizens m- residents of public housing yeah. uh, veterans our seniors uh, ward committees um you know uh people of color that live in in, our, in public housing and they were just um, they couldn't believe it and then there was a coalition from uh, district two from district three and from district Four. Uh, and some of our, our, our strongest plaintiffs were from District 4 in Mattapan, uh, feeling like that their neighborhood was being divided. So the process was uh, was taken over, mm-hmm. if not infiltrated, if you will, by outside interest groups. And the problem is we had 13 members, six are brand new, were in their first term. Right. You know, I don't know whether it was they were impressionable or they were easily pushed and maneuvered, but uh, there were only two members of the 13 that had done redistricting before, me and uh, my colleague, Councilor Baker. And... Uh, no one had asked for suggestions or advice or how did you guys mm-hmm. do it last time or how did you do it your first time? And um, everyone sort of seemed to have all their answers. And we literally went from having the first working session to being a very cooperative, um, at times spirited, but mm-hmm. there was a give and a take. Everyone knew that oh. District 2 had to shed, well, District 3 had to pick yeah. up, and District 4 had an opportunity yeah. to, to grow and to, and to uh, resume some of its traditional well, you, you, Mattapan precincts.
1: You, you talk about you know, what you know, has become... You know, and some people have referred to it as a rather toxic environment, but a lack of decorum. Uh, where did that start? I mean, what was it that you know, kind of, in your mind? Yeah, uh, not
2: sure. I mean, it's it, those are individual counselors that when they you know hit the button okay. to speak and you know the verbiage that they choose to 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 use to make their point or to emphasize mm-hmm. a particular issue, it just it was just taken to a completely different level, mm-hmm. and it was embarrassing. For
1: uh, to the point of levelling charges of uh, racism. Uh, yeah,
2: you name it. At that and the kitchen sink yeah. you know, weekly, to the po- ad nauseum to the point where you know we're better than that. Uh, it's a better body than that. We're a better city than that. Um, you know, uh, you know this isn't the, the 60s and the 70s. Um, I like to celebrate Boston's success stories. I like to lean on our partnerships. You know, we boast of the best colleges and universities in the world. We've got the best hospitals a network of community health centers. Everyone wants to come to Boston because it's a relatively safe city, a livable, walkable city, and lots of industry, lots of opportunity here. Um, And yet you would talk to others and you would think we live in a completely different city. And so I think leaning on those strengths and leaning on those partnerships to talk about the success stories of Boston and how far we've come, uh, while others, I think, may want to try to turn the clock back I don't know
1: but, but, but why walk away why not stay and fight for you know the, the kind of Boston that you well you could it's obviously
2: with. yeah it's time consuming yeah. uh, I spent, as you know I, I'm at large council I spent yeah. a significant yeah. amount of time yeah. zigzagging crisscrossing, yeah. uh, the city and I've been um, you know in, in a number of um, you know uh, situations and events and have mm-hmm. been part of a lot of uh, our success stories I've been also uh, part and parcel of trying to solve some of our city's biggest yeah. problems and at, at some point it comes a time when you know it's for those that are in public service and for those that are in public service they 'll understand this it's also it's the family it's the spouse it's the right. children that that also make those sacrifices um, you know when you 're going out on a Sunday to attend a parade or an event and uh, and you know other families may be doing you know family events so I think at some point it comes a time when it 's just not fair uh, to those that to love and care about you the most and so I just felt that thinking about it and you know, off-year election, low turnout. Yep. Uh, projected, I would have topped the ticket yep. again. Yep. Oh, um, so you
1: were not not concerned about oh, it just no, the no, amount?
2: not even the least of it. And well. it's just like, and then at some point it said, you know, it's maybe it's someone else's time to, you know, to sort of maybe, you know, maybe put you know their their uh, their stamp on things and, um, in uh, looking around, there's not maybe hand, there's three or four maybe district challenges and races, but yeah. But only. to go from the redistricting piece and then to just the allegations of some ethical violations yeah. and. You know, we've got um, one colleague well, tied up in a number of criminal yeah. charges. And it's just been one thing after another right. after another. Yeah. So one would think when we got started out, 13 members, six brand new. Yeah. After a few months, they kind of maybe kind of get into a groove out. and we'll yeah. work together. Yeah. And that hadn't been the case. And now we're coming up on almost a full term, almost two years. And it's actually getting worse yeah. um, to the point when when you talk to folks, they liken it to a clown show, to a Saturday Night Live yeah. skit, to a joke. I don't want to be part of that. Yeah. I've spent. I take a lot of pride yeah. in being a member of the Boston City Council. I take a lot of pride of being participating and being a partner yeah. in government with our mayor and municipal branch of government, and also um, the the successes and the role that I've played along with others across the city to move our city forward. And you know, to see you know a handful just yeah. looking to every That's week just looking it. to yeah. stir it. Yeah. It's a, well, get, you know, at one more point, and you
1: know, we talked about uh, actually before we went on the air about. Uh, uh, when you won the seat, and uh, a Dapper, who was really kind of the the last of his type, uh, on his way out the door. But I think he
2: was known to throw an ashtray <laughs> or two, or maybe someone <laughs> threw an ashtray at him. Well, as I say, we're coming back to those days.
1: <laughs> well, maybe that's it. Uh, but at one time, you know, the council uh, was considered, I think, in, in the minds of some people, as uh, being too conservative, didn't fairly reflect uh, the city. And now some people are saying that you know, the council's maybe too.
2: I don't progressive. I don't, even progressive know. might yeah. be a too strong. Joe, sure, when I got elected, word. they said it was a yeah. sort of a, a you know that was a progressive yeah, I remember, voice. Yeah, I said it's socialism. Yeah. Frankly, just yeah. to call it what yeah. it is, we've yeah. got you know uh, three, four, uh, five members of the Boston City Council uh, that uh, you know, proudly uh, talk about socialism. So it's um, you know uh, a, a moderate to too progressive left, council. Too far wacky, yeah, of, left, of a uh, Pro- any, Anyone sort of uh, in the moderate to progressive. Um, there's not a home for you uh, in the Democratic Party. And if you're, um, I guess you're, you know, moderate to conservative, there's no room for you in the Republican Party. So you've got folks that are middle of the road, fair-minded, reasonable, practical, have been part of Boston's success. just kind of sort of really in the middle uh, and, having a yeah and so you think about this I was the first to support marriage equality
1: yeah very first uh, I was going to say very you, first, know, right? uh, you were led the front effort on of,
2: CPA yes I remember uh, led the that. effort on linkage yeah. reform yeah. so you talk about some of the things that have participated in and have led in a put political capital right. in, arguably some of them you know it's pretty right. you know significant progressition well and
1: progressive you, you ran for me uh, for those who may not be familiar a, a very strong uh, candidacy in 2009 yep. against uh, Mayor Menino, uh, you were on to the council for four years, I believe. Ten uh, years.
2: Well, I, I did. Uh, I did ten years. Ran for mayor. Right. And then came back to the
1: council. Came back to the council. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, what's next is it, I, who knows. I, 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 yeah, I, yeah.
2: In, yeah, who knows. I have, um, clearly I get an opportunity. Um, you know, to kind of yeah, you're still right practicing here. law. Yep. you still yep. uh, have your yep. law I'm practice. A, yep. uh, I'm a partner at Pollock and Sheehan. Been there 18 years, so yeah. I know that um, you know my partners uh, are looking forward mm-hmm. to having me sort mm-hmm. of. Maybe back in the saddle full yeah. time, but well. I, um, and any thought? I mean,
1: uh, taking another run. At, at we'll put as well. Yeah, or I'll or never rule anything
2: in a route. Uh-huh. Never, I will never rule anything in or route. Um, I've got a great citywide base. Uh, yeah, you do. Uh, I've met some amazing people. Some of my ward yep. coordinators and precinct yep. captains, I argue, uh, are, are the best yep. uh, in the business. Uh, you know of many yep. of them that yep. and, have and come through here.
1: Did I see that Mayor Wu uh, appoint you to the convention? Yes, yeah, sure, uh, which is great. Board? So looking
2: forward to serving. She had asked if. Um, I had any interest in, in serving on any yeah, boards, and yeah. uh, I said that you know she, she didn't, wasn't
1: looking to get you out of the way. No, yeah. no, she said she no, <laughs> not at all. No,
2: we have got a great personal and great professional relationship. Yeah. I, you uh, served we had served with her. together. Yeah. yeah, we served together, and um, you know, and, and um, you know, I love our city, and um, I want our mayor to be successful. If our mayor is successful, our city is successful. Yeah. So I will always support um, those efforts to yep. make our city to make our neighborhood. Well, there's better some, and some talk
1: of uh, you know a uh, uh, challenge. Put together, I, I for lack of a better term, I uh, called Save Our City, which goes back to the whole residency thing twenty-some yeah. years ago. But uh, that I think supposedly it was, a was, it like, was like a vote right,
2: no supposed on two. Right, supposedly being or organized by
1: by George. I'm trying to blank blanket on his name there. The uh, uh, that uh, wanted to put together uh, some kind of party to uh, help organize a possible. Uh, challenge to me, yeah, what yeah. do you think about that? I wasn't uh, part of. <laughs> that? I wasn't part of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, surprised no. you?
2: No, uh, I'm George I mean, Reagan.
1: I mean, was, yeah, yeah,
2: and I think that. Um, oh, there's you know there's a lot of angst and concern in the city. You know, obviously as yep. our, our economy yep. starting to dip, um, there's a lot of uh, regulation mm-hmm. coming forward, particularly in the environmental mm-hmm. sector. Uh, I think folks, particularly in the business community, are concerned. They want to make sure that we continue mm-hmm. to move forward. Yep. Shovels need to continue to go in the ground. Buildings need to continue. Uh, to uh, to be built, yeah. our colleges, our universities, our hospitals, and and, and their, uh, their growth is obviously um, is a given big part all of our that. Success. Do you think
1: uh, Mayor Wu is uh, vulnerable? She's working
2: extremely hard. I know yeah. that, and you I think know that, she's um, vulnerable to a
1: challenge. So?
2: I don't think so. No, I think that she's working extremely hard. She's got a tremendous citywide base yeah. of support. Um, you know, she won um, handily, sure. um, besting the entire field um, right out of the gate. Uh, I don't think that's the case at all. Um, she's identified some areas that are important to her mm-hmm. and that's sort of part of her agenda and policy that may not be similar to you know, prior administrations. And mm-hmm. so folks that were sort of on the front lines of those administrations, particularly in those sectors, may have some concerns. But I think that um, around the housing side of the house, she is committed and she's put forth some legislation, has had success with the council and also up in Beacon Hill. Uh, I think clearly also in the environmental sector. Those are two that are really near and dear to right. her. The environment, obviously, and uh, our affordable housing crisis. Yeah. She seems to be on all cylinders on those fronts. Um, collectively, we all need to work to uh, to to solve mass and gas. Mm-hmm. She got a victory this week. Um, and also, prior, our former mayor, Mayor Walsh, is, right. was part and parcel to that. So uh, with the Chapter Ninety One, the green light, I think, to continue. To, there most likely will be litigation coming the, from yeah, coming from, from could the city of what? Quincy. So be. that's not lost on anyone. But so you're seeing those types of successes, mm-hmm. which I think will obviously bode well for her as she's getting over the halfway mark of of her first yeah. term. But uh, yeah, I don't see anything like that. I think that uh, we got to continue to to work together. We got to continue to. Mm-hmm to uh, To support uh, our mayor uh, in our city, mm-hmm. to make sure we can continue to make those strides. Do you think strides.
1: she's been uh, surprised at uh, what's uh, taking place on the council? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, it's I mean, you know, she, she's had that yeah, progressive yeah, voice pati- herself. Yeah, but, yeah, particularly but, uh, as a former member. I mean, you think that you think about some of the former members. Um, obviously, it's uh, Mayor Wu. It's um, our new Attorney General Andrea Campbell. Sure. Uh, our new newest Senator um, Lydia Edwards. Yeah. Uh, all had come from the Council, as, as Ayanna Presley, as our Congresswoman. Yeah. So uh, I would love for some of our colleagues to take a page out of their playbook. Yeah. If they don't want my playbook, right. Right, which I've had success over 20 years, right. if that playbook's not their playbook, yeah. Yeah. maybe they can take a page well, out of those you, playbooks. Well, you
1: suggested, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you know some of these Councilors uh, perhaps should resign, including yeah, uh, a- Councilor Lara, who, uh, of course, was charged... Yeah. In, with, uh, yeah. Well, several uh, well, counts, criminal counts. After
2: when, an I ran, when I ran the first time, you, yes. need, you you couldn't have a library book that was yeah. late, yes. right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, to to for folks that are running for public office, folks that are watching at home that aspire to be in public office, it's one of the first things you need to do. You need to be registered to vote, and you need to be sort of actively engaged in your community, and particularly mm-hmm. the civic portion. Or You may be a youth leader or a sports coach Mm or uh, working at uh, one of the local nonprofits. Be involved is sort of the, is how this Mm kind of starts. Mm -hmm. And then uh, clearly making sure that your house is in order, that uh, you don't have any liens and you don't Mm -hmm. have any defaults and uh, your your license (laughs) and registration. (laughs) You have a a driver's license. It's Uh, it's basics, right? It's 101. So for those that are watching at home, having the 101 um, kind of eliminates this stuff here. And, uh, but yeah, to, to some degree, it, it could be a level of, yeah. of arrogance. Have you taken a lot little...
1: of uh, uh, you know, feedback after uh, your comments about that?
2: Yeah, people just thought it was refreshing oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. finally yeah. that you know someone was just sort yeah. of calling balls and strikes, right? And at the end of the day, uh, having this experience, but also having the relationships across the city as an At Large yeah. uh, member and. Uh, someone that does have credibility in every corner of the city well just to I, be able to call I forward. saw that
1: uh, council president uh, Flynn uh, Ed Flynn your colleague from South Boston uh, just this past week uh, uh, helped sponsor or, or uh, a anti-bullying session yeah. for the council uh, uh how was how was that? Did you go to that? And- I did
2: not know. I had uh, another commitment, but there's a sense of that. There's um, you know the sort of the the it um, was almost a cloud of kind of mean spiritedness. You know, um, back in the day, again when I started, you could have a disagreement on the floor of the council. You could have a spirited debate, but you could go get a coffee, or you could go get a beer, or you can go to sandwich that day or the next day with your colleague. That, that you don't see that when you yeah. have a disagreement on the floor of the council. Um, you know, this particular class um, of city council, the 13 minutes everyone seems to mm-hmm. kind of have a little bit of a an edge to them. Are they taking it personal or uh, they carry it into the next week or to the next week after that and, um, you know, have a disagreement on the merits, agree to disagree, move forward. Yeah. Um, and that's how it's always been. This particular term, it's yeah. uh, been different. You
1: see that as a kind of a bullying situation? Yeah,
2: I mean it's, well, it's a microcosm. I think of what we're seeing in D.C., it's yeah. the, just polarizing that politics yeah. are. If you're not with me, you're against me. Or if you didn't vote for me this time, yeah. I'm not voting for your thing next time. It, that's no way to be. Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's definitely, if that's how you're going to yeah. be, that this is not the business for you, oh, yeah. you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's yeah. like you, you're going to have some wins and losses. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to agree, sometimes you're not. But uh, to be harboring sort of every week that ill will and then just it it just spirals out of control And i feel real bad for council president flynn because you know i had served the second longest serving council president and you're dealing with important issues bringing the council together Uh to identify priorities working with the administration to move our city forward god love him it it seems like every week he's got to clean up an aisle five right and he's got to pump the brakes on you know kind of the managing of that part and then he's got to be and guess what happens when someone a member you know runs a foul What do they think happens? They go right to the council president, the press call the council president, TV, media, radio stations. They want to see
1: what he's uh, going to do about it. And and
2: to some degree, you're kind of limited, but he is in the hot spot. So if there's one person that's getting a raw deal here um, because of uh, the calamity, because of that circus-like atmosphere, because of the vitriol, it's it's Council President Flynn, and it's not fair to him because he's decent to the core. He cares about our city. He works extremely hard, works harder than anybody in that building, yep. hands down. Um, and um, and it's just uh, it's tough that he's not able to do the Brian's things taking, and implement uh, of some as of the well policy as, that uh, we want to work some, uh, on. As
1: well as apparently an ethics uh, 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 refresher for some members who uh, uh, don't quite understand yep. what's required uh, yep. in terms of... Uh, uh, those are the 101s, yeah, Joe, yeah, that you need to yeah, know
2: before you run for public yeah. office or between got, the time you get elected and get sworn yeah. in. We've
1: got just a couple minutes left. i got to ask you about, uh, and there was some talk about news breaking this week uh, uh, about the uh, the incident that happened at uh, Mary Ellen. Yeah, no, sur- project. From my,
2: no surprises here based yeah. on yeah. the information yeah. I got. Now, uh, the,
1: the, all, and just for those that yep. weren't familiar, uh, there was a, a death there. The police and the fire yep. were both there. In EMS. And EMS, and uh, some disagreement about what was going on yeah. there now. Yeah, uh, well, you and some of your colleagues had uh, you know, a different take on it right. than some others. Right. It was so.
2: the public housing development I was born yeah. in, my mother was born <laughs> in. I've got strong relationships yep. to the development. Yep. Um, EMS and fire had arrived at pretty much at the same yep. time. EMS goes in and they start to do the life yep. safety on yep. the person that was non-responsive on the floor. Firefighters available to move some things around, yep. make some space. Yep. Uh, made some observations uh, that were not good right. uh, to the point where they took out a fifty one a from the site from right. the scene. About and, then,
1: some children, yeah, and then uh, they,
2: yeah and then they took a fifty one a out, a second one when they went back to the station right. to elevate it because it was that disturbing. Uh, police respond a little later. Understandably, things can change yep. at a, at a scene within some minutes. Um, police report comes out, yep. makes no mention of any suspicious, Activity around the death makes no mention of any of the other observations, right. doesn't even mention the children, doesn't even take right. out a 51A. So therein lies, I think, the issue uh, that's hopefully been addressed uh, by BT, BPD, uh, Chair of Public Safety, never want to get in a situation yeah. of blaming yeah. Yeah. red and blue but and Are you orange. feeling They're vindicated? The
1: by, I mean, your, your concern yeah, was... For from, me, it wasn't even for, all that. For, yeah. for the kids? Yeah. I had the there. facts. Yeah. I had
2: the facts. I trusted... The sources I've got the relationships yep, yep, yep. not for a second that yep, I think yep. someone was giving me a bum stare yeah um, so yeah the toxicology report coming out uh, was no surprise to me and it was no surprise right. to the information it that it was I got
1: a, uh, an OD death yeah
2: and, and it was a combination of methamphetamine and cocaine right. um, and, uh, and unfortunate, fortunate right yeah, uh, they were right in the right. mix well
1: we've got just a mere two
2: left and Joe was always about the children uh, My I mean, comments were about the children. Yeah, the firefighters were about the children, clearly. Yeah. It always should have been about right. the children. Other people made it about other things right. when it should have been, those children should have never been there. Right. Period. Yeah. It's about the children. That was not a safe space for those children right. on multiple right. fronts, but most, let alone, there was also a right. dead person on the floor. Right. Uh, in addition to and everything D- else DCF,
1: going on. Uh, yeah.
2: And they don't scoop kids that right. quickly. The Nine minute they found out, them, yeah. I think you learn more that there yep. was They've prior 51As. There yeah. was even like, maybe a potential 51B yeah. in the past. So, again, I I had facts yep. from trustworthy folks that I've got longstanding well, relationships with. And those
1: with. are the, the kind of difficult calls and tough situations that right. sometimes you find yourself in. Now, listen, you've got 20 years in. If somebody asked you what what's a highlight of your career, what would you tell them?
2: There wouldn't be just one, but uh, obviously, I think the support of uh, marriage equality is probably a big one because yeah. it, no one else was there. I remember I was out front were, of I, it, you,
1: and you um, had a relative, if I remember, yep. who was uh, you yep. know, a gay man, yep. and you know, so you and yep. was killed.
2: brutally murdered um, right. uh, yeah. in the state of Florida. Yeah. So, um, and so at that point in time, uh, nobody was there. Others were, you know, testing the waters. People were doing polling. And they were still arguing, if you remember politically, the argument at the time was about domestic partnership or civil unions. Right. And it wasn't about nope. marriage. Nope. Uh, and I was way ahead of yeah. that, saying that you know between yeah. family and friends, people I love and respect, yeah. uh, this is what this needs to be about. And as a result of that, and taking that leadership role, along with some other great people, Mike Ross was was right there with me every step of the way. We also had some elected leaders who were from the LGBT mm-hmm. community. Yep. They stepped up. Yep. Liz Malia, for example, uh, yep. Senator Jar Barrios right. at the time. Yep. So they were there in, in those respective circles, but um, but yet yeah, to take that leadership uh, and position and to have a yeah, And to be recognized by the human rights campaign right. as the guest speaker you know, probably goes back as a moment when uh, I had distinguished myself, but also yep. exercised leadership. And as a result yep. of that, we have what we have today, which is folks from the LGBT community can uh, can yeah. can live, um, you know, um, freely, freely here in Boston, yeah, yeah. and that was not the case that was not in the 90s and yeah. the early 2000s. Okay, so. now
1: here's a here's a really important one. Will you keep singing at uh, the annual St. Patrick's Day? Uh, I don't know if I'll breakfast? be invited
2: back. But, ah, yeah, but I don't but, know. But if they're going to need help, uh, help yeah. um, I'm around.
1: <laughs> well, and and lastly, any regrets? You know, you took a shot at uh, running for mayor? Someone had asked me that the other day.
2: saying, geez, you think if you waited a little bit. And I just felt that at that time I was hearing the climate of people looking for for something new, you know, maybe a fresh face or a fresh voice. And I had built tremendous relationships across the city. Um, And it was interesting. When I had announced my candidacy for mayor, folks that were with me for council um, were there with me. And then this whole new group of folks came in and joined the campaign. And they've been lasting friendships and relationships that yeah. i cherish yeah. and i'll have with me for the rest of my life so the answer to that is no because had i not run i wouldn't have met yeah. uh, those folks met that they came people. to my headquarters saying hey you know we, we you know and they got involved yeah. and uh, and as a result of which we've had great relationships. the regret is that it takes so much time away from your family and so much time away yeah. from and so fortunately yeah. uh, blessed with uh, now your with children this, are, yeah, are grown now yep.
1: they uh, yep. did i see they uh, graduated. graduated uh, did. yes yeah. so I'm uh, out of the college tuition to... business oh, job oh my which is goodness good man. Uh,
2: but fortunate uh, my wife was, was held the fort uh and it was it was a great partner in that and, and raising the kids and so yeah, our twins, our youngest graduated from college this past yeah, May. Yeah, so, we're, right. uh, <laughs> so that part's done. And as I say, like there was a period of time where they didn't want to hang with me. Right. Like, they want to hang with yeah. me again. So, under
1: bigger and better yeah. things now. Maybe yeah. uh, you're still yeah. young enough. You never know. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm always joke.
2: Thank you for having you,
1: me. you and uh, for all the work that you've done. And for thanks for the kid. work
2: that you do because yeah. of the show and yeah. people tune yeah. in. They get to find out what's going on. It's not easy. Yeah. I know from the late great Mike Bear. Even when Bob. Also used to do the High park yes, Live show, oh, yeah. what it takes to be committed every single week, yeah. uh, week yeah, in and we week try. out, with we the production try. team. We I know try. you don't do it alone, we got but great we, need you, we need you to keep yeah. doing it because well, it's and important. We, and if you need any election <laughs> tips or... Uh, <laughs> well,
1: or, uh, we might have you know, some shows yeah. coming up, and we might invite have, you back. Happy I, to come back. I hope you... Happy to come back for you, Joe. Nice to, to have you. you here. Again, uh, city councilor at large, Michael Flaherty, after 20-plus years deciding to hang it up, and nice enough to join us tonight and talk about that and his... Decision. When we come back with more of Talking to the Neighborhoods, well, we'll look to the future. There's a uh, wide open city council race for the District 3 seat. That's a seat that's uh, being given up by Frank Baker. And tonight, another of the candidates will be joining us. Uh, Ann Walsh joins us. Uh, she's an education leader and activist. Talk about her campaign when we come back. Stay tuned.
0: Boston was the intersection of black joy and culture this weekend as thousands attended the 2023 NAACP convention in Boston, marking 41 years since its last appearance in the city in 1982.
3: This is so exciting. I know a lot of work has gone into making this happen. And what I'm most excited about is that there's just so much melanin in Boston this weekend. People love to say, are there black folks in Boston? And I think this is an opportunity for us to really show off the incredible culture that exists here in the city.
0: The convention offered The Hub, a public space for all featuring a block party hosted by DJ Jazzy Jeff. Vendors, games, and a series of panel discussions that spoke to the central theme of the event, Thriving Together.
2: I think there's so much about uh, the word together that, that really captures the spirit of this cause. You know, these issues are often described as fights and battles, but the truth is um, it's in everyone's interest that we have basic fairness and inclusion and connection in our city. It makes it better for everybody. Simply
4: work together. Just work together, love each other, care about each other. Like we used to do back in the day where, you know, our neighbors used to look out out for each other. We need to do that same thing. Just, Just simply work together. We've been brainwashed not to work with each other. All right, so we all know that. So the NAACP is simply saying, Let's get back together, let's thrive together, to work together, to move forward.
0: Black-owned businesses, POC artists, and community advocates took over the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center, creating a space for black folks and allies to cultivate unified communities and overcome challenges together.
3: It often feels like we're alone in the fight for justice and the fight for anti-racism but moments like these where we get to come together as a community is a reminder that we're not alone and we're all putting forward that work to plot that piece of land to make sure that we build this beautiful garden to make our communities better. We all have these unique challenges but we find a way to overcome and if you look at people of color and the story that we have in this country and our ability to thrive and overcome despite the fact that there's barriers in our way almost at every turn and we still keep coming and we still keep thriving and persisting it's something to be applauded residents and visitors
0: reflected on strides made in black civil rights throughout boston's history while addressing ongoing struggles for equity within boston and beyond
3: I think there's just so much beautiful history that Boston has to offer, especially when it comes to blackness. We have the legacy of Mel King, we have the legacy of Martin and Coretta meeting here, the creation of the Juneteenth flag. There's just so much that we have to offer when it comes to black culture. And I hope that this reinvention of the city and really putting that on a platform can be what this moment really defines for us. There's an all out assault on uh, people of color and cultural uh, issues in this country. If you look at what's happening in Florida and in the federal government, and so we, we have to thrive together. We have to collaborate. We have to use the talents that we have as people to really elevate our, our voices and our platform. So seeing this together in this type of venue with people coming to support and meet and interact is awesome, it's great. It's needed.
0: Vice President Kamala Harris was a highlight of Saturday's NAACP public mass meeting praising the organization for the difference it made in the midterms and presidential election.
4: We had a record voter turnout for African Americans in 2020. We had a record turnout of young voters in 2020, thanks to the work of everyone here. The NAACP, by some calculations, turned out hundreds of thousands
3: of votes alone just based on your organizing.
0: The powerful speaking program and activities from the weekend energized the spirits of all who attended, joining NAACP's fight for racial justice and equity nationwide.
1: Okay, we're back with Talk to the Neighborhoods. I'm Joe Heiser, your host. Tonight, a two-part show, and in the second half, we continue our coverage of Election 2023. Of course, the Boston City Council... Races, Uh, the preliminary elections coming up uh, September twelfth. There are uh, three district races that will uh, uh, be voting. That is in districts uh, three, uh, five, and oh, I'm I'm blanking on the other one. Seven, Seven, I believe it is. Yes. And um, tonight, joining us, uh, one of the candidates running in District three. Uh, She is an education and nonprofit leader. Um, making her first run for public office uh, from Dorchester,
4: yeah.
1: uh, Ann Walsh. Nice to have you here. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks uh, for
4: having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Um,
1: well, this is a wide-open race. I, I think sure uh, is. I think everybody feels that way. It's uh, uh, just about anybody's to win. Of course, uh, as you know, as our viewers probably know, the, top two finishers in the prelim mm-hmm. go on to the final. Yep. It becomes a different race than to a yeah. certain extent then. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, the boat is very crowded yeah. right now. Uh, so what made you decide to get into this? You've, you've not run for office before, but I, uh, I know you've, you've had some experience uh, in politics and being around the council, you formerly worked for City Councilor John Connolly. I yeah. did. Yeah. Did you get the bug there, or how this? Oh, uh, I've had the bug for some stuff?
4: time. Yeah, yeah. So my undergrad degree is in political science. So yeah. I and I lived in D.C. for a time in in undergrad. Oh. So I. I've had the bug. I actually would say I was a newspaper carrier when I was a kid, and so I've been reading the news and sort of following politics. Since what I was... paper? The Patriot Ledger. I was
1: going to say the Patriot Ledger. After...
4: <laughs> I was never a morning person, so I was never going to be a Globe kid. The kid across the street did the Globe, and he made more money, but I slept. So, um, yeah, so I, I've always followed politics and government and found it really interesting and, and important. Um, and uh, my husband also, was uh, when I met him, he worked on Capitol Hill, and then he worked in the mm-hmm. state house for a little while, and now he works in the private sector. And uh, we've always had our kids engaged in it. People say to my my daughter, who's 17, is doing a lot on the campaign this summer, and they'll say, "Oh, that's so great!" And I'm like. This kid was cutting terse when she was like seven, you know, like she's very hardcore. So um, so we've had it in us for a while. Um, but it's never, you know, people over the years have said to me, oh, you should run. When are you running? Oh, you'd be great. You know, and I've always been like, oh, you know, I'm default parenting like two children and doing work and had all these things going and sort of things lined up for us this year. Um, I had just finished up with a job running a nonprofit, and uh, we finished that up in February, and I was spending some time sort of figuring out what I was going to do next and volunteering and looking at different opportunities. Mm-hmm. And um, we had been redistricted into District 4. and then Oh, you in, were part of the original... I, the November uh, version, right, right? Right, right. Put you in I was four. in District you 4 because uh, I'm in seven, Ward 17, right. and so we were under contention. Um, so in May, I you know, saw on the news that we had been redistricted back into district three and I was like, huh, well, that's an interesting opportunity. <laughs> so we moved very quickly, and I talked with my husband. And when I talked to my kids, I said to my older daughter, I think I'm going to run for city council. And she said, that's the least surprising thing you've ever told me. <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: like, okay. uh, they, they are brutal, They really they? No,
4: she just was sort of like about time, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was sweet. She wasn't yeah. being sarcastic. She was just being like, of course you are. So here we are.
1: Uh, and uh, and how's it going? How's the campaign it's super going? Super fun. It's the, super the, fun.
4: I mean, I, I get my energy out of people. right so when I'm like sitting doing issue questionnaires it's not that fun but whenever I'm on the doors or at house parties or at events and meeting people I'm having a good time
1: well and so what's your strategy how do you uh, how do you win this thing or how do you get to the final I should
4: Yeah say? right one step at a time right yeah. I'm I've almost no football knowledge but I'm very bill Belichick about like one game at a time <laughs> <laughs> Like we're on to Cleveland but that's about it yeah. So we um, we knock all the doors Yeah that's it. So you know, every day you got I'm on the doors. List. You know
1: who's going to vote. Yep,
4: I'm on the doors every day, and uh, and my kid is with me, my husband's with me, my friends, my neighbors. Uh, I coach a softball team. I've had softball players, high school and college students, who I've coached, who are on the doors with me. So we're just out there every single day, trying to meet meet voters, and you know, introduce myself. And
1: and what uh, do you get some sense from them? What's the uh, is there a driving issue, or is it really just about personality politics, uh, um, who they like as it? Is,
4: I mean, I hope they like me. Yeah. I think I, I'm charming, like a but person. yeah, so, likable enough, right? Yes. That's what they say. Um, I think the things I hear again and again mm-hmm. are affordability in terms of housing and um, is huge folks are really feeling pressed and not able if they're renting they can't make rent Everybody
1: wants to move to Dorchester don't they
4: yeah well but the district is not just Dorchester (laughs) either it's all the way up into up by ink block to the back right now we say yeah and when you come out of the tunnel you're hitting district three and you're in district three all the way till you hit Milton so um, we've got you covered but um, affordability in housing Mm -hmm. is huge um, education, folks wanna talk about, There's, they're worried about their kids' schools. Transit is huge. Um, people are very frustrated with their limited transit options. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things kind of you know, then bring in climate change or bring in uh, services for seniors or folks with disabilities, all those things start to overlap. Um, so I think, but the thing I like to talk about is um, what I call the secret knock. Right? In,
1: I saw that on yeah. your, your website. The secret knock, now, yeah. what, what is that?
4: So I've been, <laughs> I've been frustrated by the secret knock for a long time. Uh, you know, I worked in City Hall and even- Dying to know about I, Well, thing. trust me, Joe, you have it. You already have the secret knock, oh. I bet. Well, because you know people and yeah. that's good. It's not bad to have the secret knock. It's just that it shouldn't be a secret, yeah. right? So it's essentially that thing where like, if you know a guy, if you run into the right person, if you end up, you know, lucky at the playground to be standing next to the person who knows about the thing, then all of a sudden your kid is in the right summer program or your senior gets Mm -hmm. the the service that they need or you know about the housing lottery for the next building that's going up. Mm -hmm. But it's just too hard for folks to get that information in a way that's clear and transparent and coming at them. It's a lot of either I'm going into the bureaucracy and I'm looking and hoping I find Mm -hmm. it and I may or may not, um, or I know a guy and I can call them and they'll, they'll help me, right? Yeah. And so for some folks, they know their city councilors or they know other people in their neighborhood, but if you're a new immigrant or you're somebody who just hasn't figured out that system, you might not even know what you're missing, right? So it's not like having the secret knock means you're a bad person for having it. It's sometimes, when, once we know, we forget that other people don't know. And then you're like, oh, Like, you didn't know that you have to go sign up on this day for the thing, for the summer camp, you know? So when I'm on doors and I explain the secret knock, people all have a secret knock story. You know, the guy today who was like, I tried to, you know, redo my porch that was collapsing, and it was over a year before I got a permit. It was just sort of lost in the abyss mm-hmm. somewhere, and he didn't know what to do. And he finally called Counselor Andrea Campbell when she was his counselor, and now he's been redistricted into three, right? Yeah. He was in four. And her office pushed him within two days. He had an answer on his permit, right? But, like,
1: it shouldn't have to shouldn't be, have
4: like, to be like that. that way, yeah. And it's just frustrating. And it's, it's just like we've got to make this clearer and cleaner for folks so no matter who they are, what well, language they speak, didn't they can always, get
1: uh, uh, And I'm, I'm playing a little devil's advocate here, of course, but uh, didn't all these uh, progressive types say that they were going to make uh, government more efficient, more open, more transparent? Well, I'm,
4: I'm not them, so yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah. like I mean, I'm not, not accountable. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. but, but what's what, missing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not putting you in that
4: I mean, I'm not not progressive. I'm just saying, like, people can say. But what's missing, I think... missing? I think... That there's a little bit of a, like, come to the city, meaning the government, mm-hmm. and, then, and ask us for what you need, and then we'll tell you where to go. Right. And to some extent, there needs to be, did you know this exists, mm-hmm. right? So one thing I saw was um, the folks from the Office of Economic Opportunity and Inclusion are going and doing business walks in communities talking to small business owners who might not know this office exists that can help them Mm -hmm. so we need more of that more of folks pushing the services out into the community on the ground where folks live and in their languages and in ways that are culturally responsive go where people are instead of saying well it's on the website you know so i think it's happening but i think it needs to speed up and you know i like to say like if you need a guy i'll be your guy so everybody needs to know, <laughs>
1: be the guy. right? But, be but the
4: in guy. the sense of I'll be your guy and I'll start pushing those doors open so yeah. everybody yeah. else knows too, I you know? You. It's, it's more just a sort of, um, it's an ethos of how mm-hmm. we interact that, that we need yeah. to go to the
1: people. But you see what I'm better. saying? Yeah. Like, uh, where did we go wrong? I mean, why is it, why is it so complicated to kind of get things
4: done I mean, done it's here? big. Yeah. And there are networks of people for historically... Who set it up in ways that yeah. that serve the people they wanted yeah. to serve? And I'm not, you know, you have systems that have been set up over fifty, a hundred years. Mm-hmm. You're, we're not a young place, yeah. <laughs> and so those systems can sometimes get yeah. in the way of themselves. And even well-intentioned folks are still operating within systems right. that are not. The city smart. been
1: well served in your opinion by the uh, district city council system? I, mean, you, I think so. How do you, how do you think uh, Frank Baker's done? Are you? Uh, uh, Do you think he's done a good job?
4: Well, the thing I hear about Frank Baker that I think folks really appreciate is constituent services, that he is very responsive. So folks in his office, when he gets called, his office responds, his staff stays on a problem. And I think that's the upside of district counselors, is that there's, I mean, it's 70,000 people in a district, right? It's not a small town. It's like, but still folks feel like they have their own person and that they can go to that person um, for constituent services and have a little bit more um, attention than if it's at large mm-hmm. though when i worked in john's office you know we were working yeah. as at, in an at large right, office we're at large. but the thing about us was we were you know john was chair of the education committee right. so folks all came to us around education people weren't coming to us with you know Housing right, but or you're like, citywide. City well, so, who yeah. do you
1: model yourself after? I mean, if, if that's possible, uh, uh, or are you breaking the mold entirely? And
4: uh, I mean, I think I take what I think works. Yeah. I mean, I'm my own person, yeah. and so I think I will do things, you know, that are a combination of. Of strategies and approaches. I mean, one thing I do that I did as a chief of staff and I continue to do as a neighbor when mm-hmm. I do con- my husband jokes that we do constituent services yeah, out of the kitchen that, right? all the time, right? right? Cuz people know that I know stuff about schools and how things mm-hmm. work. So I get calls a lot from friends of friends who are like, "Oh, my kid has an IEP and yeah. I need this <laughs> I'm help. Looking or for the guy. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out and my friend said you might know someone who yep, could help me did. with this yep. or whatever." Right. So I'm somebody's guy already, but um, you know, I, I, when I see constituent services that are on a similar thing more than a few times, then for me that becomes a policy question. Mm-hmm. Like we're moving that now, we're solving it for the people in front well, of us, and that, but you're moving it about, to policy. Because
1: you know, uh, uh, John Connolly, and you know, I know you, you work for him. You're not John Connolly, but, but he's kind of a big picture guy. You know, so, yeah. he's, like, he had uh, vision. He had a vision, he, yeah. and he was a, he was a very good candidate too. But. Uh, uh, and then you've got somebody like uh, like Frank Baker, you know, who's uh, you know really focused on constituent services. And so, how do you meld those two? And where, yeah, if if you're elected, how do you see yourself? Uh,
4: I think pumpkin? you know where, the work. Where, where
1: are you at in yeah, that yeah. continuum?
4: Yeah. So the work that I've been doing is. Um, John and I actually, after the mayor's race in 2013, we co-founded an organization, then he uh, became part of the board, Mm -hmm. and then eventually rolled off to start his own organization, and I've been running that for the last five years. And so that's around family engagement with schools. So we worked with schools, with teachers directly, and with school leaders, and sometimes administrators in central offices, Mm -hmm. around how do you build relationships with families. And one of the things that we focused on was gathering data what we call street data, right? So that's data from the user, the end user, and using that to inform practice. So if a school said, well, our families, you know, they they seem happy, I'm like, well, how do we know? Or we do newsletters, I'd say, well, how do you know anyone's reading them, right? Right? So we need to have a a feedback loop where we're actually getting information from people in the community. Mm -hmm. So that means not necessarily waiting until you get a constituent service call, but being in the community on a regular basis and thinking of District 3 as a community, instead of sort of all these little civics, and we will visit all the civics, but also having a District 3 meeting once a month where folks from all the civics and all the leadership organizations or partners can come to one place and say, we have this problem happening over here in Savin Hill, or this is going on in Upham's Corner, or this is happening you know, up in uh, Worcester Square. And then folks can say, oh, we dealt with that in Ashmont Adams, and here's how we solved mm-hmm. it. Oh, you know, we have some ideas so about co- that. more,
1: more of more a collaboration uh,
4: instead of, you know, yeah. sort of pushing and pulling. Yeah. And, and that gives me, as a counselor, data. Oh, five different civic associations are dealing with this issue with this mm-hmm. department we need to have a meeting with that department and start talking well, we about policy. So it lets you stay up here. If you come down, you spend time mm-hmm. with folks who give you street data, you then use the street data to inform your policy.
1: Given your experience uh, you know, working in the nonprofit sector and education, so mm-hmm. how, how do you think the uh, Boston Public Schools are doing and what would you uh, have them do differently, if, mm-hmm. if at
4: all? Oh yeah, I have thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a BPS parent. Yeah. My youngest is going to be in 12th grade, wow. so we're wow. approaching the at? finish line at Latin Academy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, um, and while she's been there, there's been, I think we're on the fourth head of school since her sister started there. So that's tough. And since my kids entered pre-K, so we've been uh, raising school-age kids in Boston oh. for 16 years, and we've had nine superintendents. And so my biggest thing is we need stability of leadership in order to be able to execute on a vision, right? And I I mean, I hope hope and pray every day that Mary Skipper has success. I want so yeah, much for her yeah, to be successful. Yeah, yeah. Um, that doesn't mean I'm gonna She's say every single, swag. yeah, it's a yeah. very difficult yeah. position. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna agree with every single thing she does, mm-hmm. but I think we need to stay steady for a little bit. Um, we need to have a clear vision laid out, we need to have that vision informed by actual families and students and educators. We need school communities to be participating in decision making. BPS has had a history of top-down decision making that then creates a lack of trust between the school community and the district.
1: Well, yeah, and you worked with uh, John. You said uh, for a while. I know that he was working on uh, you know the whole issue or the. Uh, concept of charter schools. Should we have more charter schools?
4: We don't need to have more charter schools. We have. I mean, we, well, the, a cap the, the voter, down, yeah. the voters have spoken on yeah, that. There yeah. is a cap. Yeah. I am good with that. I think we have plenty of yeah. charters and seats in the city. Um, my kids have gone to both charters and district schools, in and out, as we've had different needs mm. for them and had different sort of spaces that that we needed to find for them, um, because it's it's like that from very a, a lot of families in Boston right. have kids going back and forth, or different kids in different schools. So it's not that
1: well, That's not necessarily the no, answer. No,
4: no. To me, like I'm less concerned about whose name is over the door, and I'm more concerned about high quality seats for kids right. across the city right. for every kid in the city.
1: Okay, we've got just a few minutes left. I, I got to ask you this now. Speed uh, round. Uh, uh, Michael Flaherty was just here him saying, you know, how, and he served for over 20 years. How mm-hmm. dysfunctional the council has become. Mm. Why would you want to uh, step into a, a spot like that? Some people yeah. refer to it as a toxic environment. Uh, and uh, uh, well, I mean, you know, what were you thinking? I know. Um, No,
4: I actually, I have a few thoughts on that. You're not the first person to ask, but a few thoughts. One is, like, in my background, I actually, uh, when I spent time in D.C. in in my undergrad, I did a semester on peace and conflict resolution studies, and I was trained in mediation. And so, like, So you
1: might be the right person at the right time.
4: (laughs) Right. So I'm not afraid of conflict, um, for one. And I've spent plenty of time in spaces with folks who are, having disagreement Mm -hmm. Um, so that is not something that makes me want to run the other way Mm -hmm. at all i feel pretty calm in those situations Mm -hmm. Um, also like i've done a lot of organizational leadership and working with groups and taking folks through processes and facilitation and groups go through stages of formation right and there's this concept of forming storming norming performing and when there's a change you're going to have push pull around folks who are used to things in one way folks who are trying to speed things up too much there's, there's just a lot of differences coming into one mm-hmm. place, and they're storming. And right. that's, to me, like, should it, is it great for, the, for public confidence to have your storming, no. like, in public, yeah. in front of the whole world, and not well facilitated and sort of identified? No, not great. But... Do I think it's pretty normal, considering what's happening historically here? Like, and this is a big shift, yeah. and there's a lot of conversations happening, and there's a lot of hard things that we need to wrestle uh, with.
1: Some of it's, uh, you know, tinged, uh, racially tinged course, as well. Of course, because uh, that's our becomes,
4: history, and yeah, we need to yeah. name it, see it, yeah. own it, understand how it influences the way that we interact with each other, and then get to some shared understanding of what are the things that we have in common? What are the things that we, we, we do agree on and where do we move on those while continuing to grow our understanding of each other mm-hmm. on you know the stuff where we're far apart? So. I'm not gonna agree with any one person all right. the time on that council, well, but I am gonna stay brain. in the room. Yeah. I st- I'm a person who stays in the yep, room.
1: You're sitting at the table. Well. yeah. And Walsh, I want to wish you the best of Thanks luck. Thanks you You've put a lot of thought into this, obviously, yeah. and, and sounds like a lot of effort as well. Oh, thank you. Um, and we shall see. Um, as I said, the uh, preliminary election is coming up September 12th uh, in District 3. That's uh, largely Dorchester. Uh, and the South End. And the South End.
4: And the Harbor Islands.
1: And, um, there we go. The top <laughs> two finishers go on to the final. Uh, and Walsh is hoping she's one of them. And uh, best of luck too. Thanks. so much Thanks for coming very much.
3: In. I appreciate uh, it.
1: When we come next week, when we come back, we'll be doing more with uh, the District Three race. Uh, Jennifer Johnson will be joining us uh, next week on the show as we continue our coverage of Election 2023. Till then, for the entire staff and crew here at BNN, have a pleasant evening. Good night.
3: The preceding commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119. Attention LP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.